Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to the Tuesday night podcast with myself, Fragmansal, for the next hour, two hours, uh, discussing gaming, gaming content. And tonight we're going to have a special look at the Starfield Direct. Um, sort of, uh, I think it's about a 45 minute video. This is a deep dive into the gameplay. We didn't look at it last week because uh, the game showcase for Xbox took quite a lot of time up. So I decided it may well be best to save it for another time. I was to try and do it later on in the week, but uh, time got the better of me. So I decided to uh, to leave it until tonight. So this evening, we're going to look directly at um, the video. We're going to have a critical look at it and uh, uh, have a look at the analysis of whether it's going to be a good game or not a good game. And I want to look at a few other things as well. Uh, we're going to look at, I want to, I want to discuss about mods, AI on auto generation, is whether it's the future of gaming. And then uh, just the terms of streaming and that sort of stuff, I want to look at Twitch, um, sort of rival platform Kick, which has started up. And there's been a bit of talk about some of the big streamers getting taken off over there. And uh, I want to introduce also a, uh, finally, I want to introduce a, uh, a second stream to the week. Uh, mainly to do about gaming. I want to try and bring that into the mix. Welcome into the chat. Uh, nice. Please take off your bash, bash, bash off your notifications. I think it's bash chat bash, actually. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, the bash the, the bash king from uh, from the ESO days. Come on, I've got to have that up. Um, welcome in anyway. Nice to have you in, my dude. Nice to to be in, number one, on the on the chat. We're going to be only on Twitch now, the live. I have decided, uh, after much thought on this, is that we do the, the live on Twitch. It'll be uploaded straight to YouTube afterwards. And, and then for those that don't want to watch the entire um, episode on on YouTube as a podcast, we're going to try and well, I'm going to try and break up a few of the uh, the key features of the podcast and upload those on the channel as well. So we're going to get a, a good variety on that. Um, I thought we'd start off though. We kick off with the uh, the Starfield Direct gameplay. If you guys are watching this on YouTube as a um, yeah, as a video, the uh, the gameplay is up there live. I'll try and describe it as we go, and hopefully we won't have any too uh, too many issues with the uh, the gameplay. I've not actually watched any of this. I haven't. I've kind of steered clear because I wanted to do a sort of live react onto um, Starfield Direct. Obviously, we know roughly what Starfield is, being a uh, kind of space exploration RPG, single player, uh, very much like uh, akin to Skyrim, and one of Bethesda's um, great. Um, I suppose it's the uh, the next great game to be uh, for Bethesda. Microsoft have bought it out uh, and got it exclusive on the uh, the Xbox, which is causing a bit of uh, not an issue, but it's obviously part of the console wars, isn't it? I guess um, I've I've got I'm skeptical. I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in on a very skeptical level on this uh, on Starfield. Flight simulation games and space games are very difficult to um, relate to, obviously. None of us, as people have, or say none of us, a vast majority of the population of the planet have not been out in space. So therefore, uh, what can only use our imagination? I'm not saying that we have been fighting uh, dragons and that sort of stuff, because we all love our fantasy RPGs as well. Um, but having a um, uh, an environment that's uh, similar to what we believe in, uh, whether it's uh, mountains and landscapes and deserts and that sort of stuff, makes RPGs a little bit more realistic to kind of uh, to contend with. Now, um, space RPGs, uh, space is very big and very huge, and I kind of feel that there is uh, 
there is a translation issue that might not work with Starfield. Um, obviously, I know there are lots of space games out there, um, but I feel after playing quite a few space games um, that could be similar to this, uh, there may be a few challenges from overcome. And hopefully these challenges will be addressed in this gameplay deep dive. Um, but without further ado, I think we're just going to press the play button and get on with it because otherwise I'll be here all night and I will be pausing this along the way. So uh, let's go in and uh, let's start this. I'm quite excited actually for this. So start it off. I've gone for the Starfield Direct. Hopefully it's not too loud. If it's a bit too loud, do you let me know. I can always turn down the volume. It's out of Bethesda Games. Um, one of my favourites was the Fallout 3 series. I really, really enjoyed that. Fallout 4 was very good. Skyrim, I didn't play as much as Fallout. Um, even though I did play it a lot. Let's get the cursor off. Right, let's see. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. And welcome to Bethesda Games Studios. You know, it's we've been Why so lucky blue? over the decades to make the kind of game... Welcome to... I seem to have a, uh, a blue screen to on Bethesda this. Games. Hold on. I do apologise. Let me just get a reset going on here. Right. Try again. There we go. This seems a bit better now. I have no idea what that blue was. It's some sort of overlay over the, uh, the screen. everyone thank you so much for joining okay. us today and welcome to Bethesda Game Studios you know we've been so nice. lucky over the decades to make the kind of games that we love here and that's thanks to all of you from the Elder Scrolls the Fallout we love creating these worlds and playing in them just as much as you do and throughout all that time we'd often talk about and dream up the space game what if we could take that feeling of being who you want to be and exploring it's a big a new challenge world, Todd it's a big challenge space where you weren't really limited in where you could go or what you could do. And that is Starfield. Obviously, we've come a long way since then with the games we've built, our technology, and all of us here in the studio. Notice the Xbox promo there. Every game of that was Xbox, even though PC was where most of these games started. We've done so much together, but, well, we've never tried to make a game like this. Today, you'll get to hear from many on the team and see so much of what we think makes our game special. So let's jump in and take a look. All right, let's go. Oh, this is going to be exciting, this. Starfield is our first new universe in over 25 years, but it's still a Bethesda RPG through and through. Where you. Okay, first thing I want to say about this it is the first. Uh, new world in their RPG series. Bear in mind that the Elder Scrolls series uh, or the Gate Elder Scrolls Great Game had a massive history prior to uh, Skyrim. There's like you know the uh, Dragonfall, all those all those games that built up for this massive history of uh, of games. Same with Fallout started out Fallout One, Fallout Two, um, Fallout Three before it came into Bethesda. So. Um, first off, we've got a whole new universe to explore, uh, and almost without that sort of like history of gameplay i don't know if this is going to be a challenge uh, for them to kind of get that deep immersive gameplay in but we'll see step into a new world and you get that feeling of unlimited possibilities danger zone but this time it's not just one world 
it's over a thousand worlds. Because the choice of where to go, it's not ours, it's yours. And it wasn't until now that we had the technology to create it. From the rocks so is... at your feet to the mountains in the distance. Auto-generated. To the people and creatures that live in these worlds. That isn't just a backdrop. That moon is actually there orbiting the planet. Yes, you can visit it too. That's pretty cool. We realistically simulate the galaxy around you. Our next generation lighting model uses real-time global illumination to light the world based on the type of star and the makeup of the planet's atmosphere. It does look very nice. We I mean, that looks very Skyrim an to me. new animation though. system. And it of does course, look of, yeah. you can play it in third person. And you can play it in first person. That's nice. That's, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like to alternate between the two, first and third. We love exploration and rewarding it, but you do explore differently in this game given its scale. That usually involves exploring an area you've landed in. You can See, collect resources. The, the problem about a game that is this vast is after you've explored something for the first time and then you start exploring other planets and other planets, that initial kind of impact of exploration might reduce a little bit. So I'm not sure if this is going to be like the novelty of actually exploring new planets is going to wear off or not. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. That's a very um, No Man's Sky type. And maybe even stumble upon something unexpected. Mining thing. I guess it's kind of generic. Ah, generic uh, sci-fi. Oh, look. This is, I like it. Nice, fast gameplay, this. Got like a little jump there. Bit framey, though. I mean, for a first person shooter, that's something I have heard that this game is going to be 30 FPS on the, on the console. Um, it's going to be a PC game for me. I, it's, if it's an FPS I'm going to play, I need to have the frames. Does that combat look good? We do I, I love stuff combat. and all of the items allowing you to pick everything up. And you can view all that in your data menu. This is the hub for everything you're doing, from your skills to your ship, your missions, and your inventory. We love to pack a ton of detail in every object, from all of cool. your weapons to spacesuits to food. We just obsess over the details and food. <laughs> we obsess over food. That's some, uh, some quality food there. When you're done exploring, you can walk back or fast travel to your ship. We have companions and crew you can take with you. I think I fast travel is going to be a important ship. thing here. Welcome back, Captain Howard. And he can even say your name. Ooh, Let's that head sounds out. quite good. Going to have some funky names. Let out. Our mission was to convey the wonder and majesty of space exploration, to evoke the romance of the golden age of early spaceflight. And we've been referring to this approach as NASA punk. This means a design language where the tech is advanced, yet still looks grounded and relatable. For us, it's, it's that contrast, that's where the visual interest is. Obviously the NASA, which is the rigid, hard function over style, and then punk, which is all about style. Does look very good. You can see that visual style coming through Oranges and blues. Your ship is your home for you and your crew. And like many of the spaces in our game, it has a slightly retro and analog touch 
a bit of lo-fi rather than sci-fi, where everything is well used, warm. You see, I like that. It's very, it's a lot more relatable to the sort of like space explorations in the, uh, I guess, 70s. It's got that sort of like non-super sci-fi. And it, it just, it feels a little bit more kind of our generation as opposed to far in the future. And lived in. Alrighty. What's the plan, Captain? This is your star map. It starts with the planet you're currently on. You can see all of its info and resources. You can choose a landing spot or fast travel to known locations. Backing out further, you can view all the planets in the system. Obviously, the game is big, and it's here you can see planets that have key locations, missions, or life on them, versus the many planets that are barren but resource-heavy. Zoom out even further to see all the systems in this part of the galaxy. Wow, okay, that's Here, pretty big. Here, you can plot a course to ones that are light years away. This uses your ship's grav drive to fold space and jump to these systems. And you will need to upgrade your ship and skills if you want to jump to the most distant ones. So it's but quite similar now, to um, Elite Dangerous. You had to upgrade your ships in order to make the bigger jumps to the farther planets. Uh, and... There was a way of optimizing your ships in order to kind of get through the planets quicker. But I did find it quite tedious. Um, I Hopefully they've kind of made it a bit more... It was simplified that, the ability to travel. We'll plot a course to the Alpha Centauri system where we can find the city of New Atlantis. I wonder if you have like full control over the ships as well. Which I really enjoyed about Elite Dangerous. Welcome to UC Space. Maintain your current course while we scan your ship's cargo. I wonder what the uh, the VR capabilities of this game is going to be like as well. Because that's one thing that Elite Dangerous did nicely was having the VR in your cockpit, and then if you had like the uh, joystick and the throttle, so nice to play. I got a feeling it will be less flight simulator and more kind of FPS though. City like New Atlantis, your eyes are guided upwards to just these boundless, vast buildings. It's the biggest city we've ever made, not just in size, but also in the amount of custom art, crowds, and quests. Wow. So the main focus when we're designing a city is obviously what supports the story. We try and tell as many small stories as possible. What are the people possible. going to be doing? This is a Colony War Memorial. It's a few moments of gameplay that make the space feel like it's full of real characters that are going about their day-to-day -day lives. It's paralyzing if you really stop and think about it. Buddy, it's coffee. It's also where your adventure with Constellation begins. So what's the deal with NPCs in this? Do they have a backstory? They Welcome just stand... to Constellation. We have a lot to talk about. By the time you meet them, Constellation is sort of seen as this mythical group. Most people don't even know they exist anymore. They're the last true explorers in the galaxy, and they're trying to find the answers to some of humanity's biggest questions. The artifacts are so different, so alien, and I'm certain one of them reached out and spoke to you. The artifact, if you could place it on the table here. Ah, we oh have. Oh my god. Oh, Look at oh. how it's coming together. That means there's a set built by an intelligence outside the settled systems. It's definitely an eclectic cast of characters. You've got Sarah Morgan, the ex soldier and adventurer, now Constellation's leader. 
Matteo, the theologian who believes that there's definitely something else out there. Noel, the gifted scientist in Sarah Morgan's protege. Ticking the stereotype boxes here. A very successful businessman in the settled systems and Constellation's financier. Anything goes as long as you have the money. There's also Vlad, the ex-pirate, Sam Coe, the former space cowboy, and Barrett. You know what I hate about these pirates? Completely resistant to my otherwise irresistible charm. Oh dear. The journey you take with Constellation is <laughs> They've really gone for stereotypes there. It's on. fine. You know, the settled Systems is home to all kinds of different stories, people, and adventures for you to uncover. Ooh, with some nasty, nasty big bad boys. The United Colonies is where you'll find New Atlantis, the first major human settlement in space. The people who live here value law, discipline, and the legacy of humanity. They consider themselves the true children of Earth. You ever think of joining up with the Vanguard? Help the United Colonies even get your UC citizenship? New Atlantis. So, are this is where we get the different factions, a bit like different guilds, I guess, in, in the Elder Scrolls series to kind of like do missions for, I guess. And that's like the hub we start from, probably. It just isn't the only city within the United Colonies. The city of Sidonia on Mars to this day serves as the largest mining facility for the United Colonies. The laser miner and the laser welder. Beyond the United Colonies reach, <laughs> Everything's you lasers. might find yourself in a much more wild and independent coalition of star systems. This is Freestar Collective Space. The capital of the Freestar Collective is Aquila City. The Stone Root Inn is an Aquila City fixture. Going for the Western vibe here. A ranger relies on judgment and intuition to do what's best for the people. Ooh. Neon started out as a fishing platform, but is now yeah, known this is a bit cyberpunky now. as a pleasure city where almost anything goes. If you've got morality issues, this definitely isn't the job for you. It's, it is kind of weird how they're really playing to the... I say weird, but they are really playing to like the obvious stereotype of civilizations and people and characters as opposed to kind of having a a general theme for everyone. Um, which I guess means you've got different factions. It's very obvious as to where you're at. Ryujin is hiring the best and brightest of sure today about for our future tomorrow. Everyone has been chewed up and ground up by Neon. Try not to get yourself killed, all right? Outside the bounds of civilized space, there are still plenty of unclaimed systems to explore, but these areas are also home to the most hostile factions in the galaxy. The great serpent hungers. Uh, the eastern heathens shall be made <laughs> dust in time. Katanas and swords. And... A new face. This is the face of a brave runner here to challenge the Russian. Red Mile. They think. The galaxy is theirs. They are wrong. It belongs to the Crimson Fleet. It always has. Ooh, In Starfield, we're pushing our cities and settlements further than we ever have before. It's all there, waiting for you. A slice of humanity's future. Okay, I mean, just first impressions on that. The characters, uh, 
I, I, I don't want to sound overly negative on this. I think it's going to be a good game, um, but it does feel very dated in terms of like the character animation. Um, the graphics look nice, but they're very static and they're not very fluid. I kind of feel there's so much more that gaming's next generation games can do in terms of making a world come alive. And you get a lot of this, even like with cyberpunk and stuff like that. The characters are very rigid almost. Um, so, but ready to get out there? Yeah, maybe it's just something that games are. Throughout the galaxy, there are so many things to see and stories to experience. But the most important story is the one that you tell. I'm the type of person who spends hours in character creation, and I think people are going to be really excited when they see all of the improvements we've made. Everyone loves one of the biggest creation. overhauls was done through our character generation system. We scanned a wide range of faces from different age groups and ethnicities. And by mixing and matching all that data, we were able to create highly detailed and diverse characters. We use that exact system to create all of the characters and NPCs you're going to see in the game. So any character you see almost always is a character you could make yourself. That was pretty cool. Good to have a, a good diverse hey, come on. amount of characters. Come on. Okay, take it easy. You were out cold. Uh, no physical damage. Mentally, the jury's still out. You know who you are? New recruit for Argos Extractors? So there's the artifact in the... Any of this the person on the familiar? Oh, here we go. You start your character creation journey as though you're cycling through employee records. You'll pick from a lineup of 40 presets, and that'll be your starting point. This is pretty cool. As quick as you want it to be. This new system has yeah, more to I can imagine taking a long time before. getting my character right. It's also the simplest character generation system we've ever had. We let the player get as close as possible to make whatever they want. With the various facial morphs you can blend together, the dermesthetic and makeup, blemishes, scars, piercings, teeth settings. It's a lot, but I think it's the most fun to use. Character creation is more than just how this you look. Smiles this is also where you start to decide who you want to be. That's where backgrounds come in. Backgrounds give you a bit of backstory and start oh, you out with three stop, basic stop, stop, skills. Backgrounds, backgrounds. Background. Okay, cybernetics. I'm just reading. You've got choices of the type of backgrounds, which I guess is the type of character you're going to be, which is on the right of the screen. You've got Beast Hunter, Bouncer. Bounty hunter, chef, combat medic, cyber runner, cybernetic, diplomat, explorer, gangster, homestead, industrious, long hauler, pilgrim, professor, and Ronin. Um, so at the moment we're on the cybernetist. Medicine, only through advancement in medical training and technology has humanity been able to withstand the galaxy's many dangers. Okay, are these your starting skills? So you've got lasers, security. Uh, see what else we've got. Girls give you a bit of backstory and start you out with three basic skills. From oh. chef to dusty. You know, the crew still has a betting pool about which restaurant critic you must have crossed to wind up here. What's great about backgrounds is you never know when yours is going to come in handy. You could so what do you get like three main background skills to then work to, I guess? You could be in the middle of a fancy restaurant, talking to some guy, and suddenly you learn he needs a beast hunter to help track down a monster. Fine. I probably should stick to professionals anyway, given what happened the last time. We're also giving you the option to customize your build even further by letting you pick up to three traits. Traits are completely optional, and they come with their own advantages and disadvantages. You could choose to meet your biggest fan. 
Vectera, by Vectera, by Vectera. Is it really, really you? He'll join your crew, and he'll give you gifts, if you're willing to put up with this constant commentary. I can't believe I get to stand near you, breathing the same air. I've got to have every molecule. My favorite trait is kid stuff. You have to pay some credits to support your parents, but they're very sweet, and it's really fun to go visit them. Honey, we got ourselves a visitor. Oh, my God. I came across some hostile zealots in space, but because I had chosen a trait that made me the same religion as them, I was able to get by without any issues. Interesting There's another great one that gives system. you a damage buff when your health is low, but mercenaries will randomly show up and try to kill you. No matter what you choose, there will be plenty of ways for you to tell your story. Okay, so I guess are these like these traits um, allow you to kind of play the game a bit differently to give a bit of replayability in it. And if you want to remove a trait, there are ways to do that too. What oh. a view! It's a feast for the eyes. Off we go to another adventure. <laughs> we'll let you discover that on your own. The adoring, irritating fan. Still Once want to know how the they're going to deal with the. That's when your journey can really begin. Space. We took what we loved about skills and perks size. from our previous games and put them together to create an all-new skill system. Each time you level up, you get a skill point, which can be used to unlock or rank up skills. Let's have a little pause here. So you've got ha it's like a hacking thing. Uh, you can attempt to hack advanced locks and two auto attempts to can be banked. You can attempt to hack expert lots and three auto. This is pit locking, isn't it? Uh, Rings out turn blue. You can attempt to have master locks. Expend the dig pick to eliminate keys that aren't required to solve the puzzle. All right. So it's, yeah, this is basically standard stuff, isn't it? So you've got tech, science, combat, social, and physical. I, all I want to do, I love playing in Bethesda games, is just playing a punching game. Just like going around fists, whether I got you know, gauntlets or knuckle dusters. Ranks are unlocked by completing challenges associated with that skill. Challenges become increasingly difficult as you work your way to higher ranks. Oh, hold on with a minute. With our five different skill tree ranks. So here you've got um, a uh, the challenge in order to level up. Successfully intimidate fifty different people. So you've got to go off and find. The, the, oh, okay, so that's how you level up those. That kind of makes sense. Ranks. You're practicing your skills. With our five different skill trees and four ranks per skill, there's a lot to choose from. I like the Xeno Sociology skill because it lets you mind control aliens. Boost pack out of the gate. I'm boost packing everywhere. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anything with good movement in. I like maxing out my physical tree so I can get neuro strikes and just punch my way through combat. Oh nice, nice. Yeah, jump pack, one of them. That one's a lot of fun. Investing skills that suit your playstyle. I'm very much a stealth player, so I'm out there pickpocketing everyone. My favorite part about being stealthy is slowly creeping through vents like you're in a movie and then jumping out and springing on people. 
Whenever possible, I like to talk my way through situations. This area's off limits. Fine, I'll issue you an access card. I'm more of a run and gun player. I like doing the death from above thing where I boost pack over guys and I throw yeah. landmines at them. Oh, I like the jet pilot is really good. Really, really fun. I like blowing stuff up. He blew himself up there, I think. <laughs> it's it's for me. It's looking more of an FPS shooter. Uh, well, FPS shooter, shooter. Over exploration is a stealth. key aspect of all our games. An exploration, In Starfield, there are full star systems with new life, resources, and adventures. Is it generate auto-generated? That's what I want to know. Our team worked hard to strike a balance between fun and realism. We studied data from NASA and a multitude of other sources to help us make the world feel believable. From the way we approached planetary atmospheres, to the way we placed biomes based on the planet's distance from the sun. Once we had created a no, grounded world, we could start looking at all the things that make that world fun. When you leave a planet and head into space, you'll be navigating asteroid fields, having chance meetings with interesting strangers, dogfighting in space. Oh, okay, so we get some space combat. Ships. You get to like wander around your it's ship. It's all out there. Ultimately, it's about rewarding your curiosity, because whether it's on the surface of a planet, the alleys of a city, or the vastness of space, you never know what you'll find. If they have like random missions, artifacts, like around the planets that would allow you to link you know to have like a story arc that kind of follows from different planets that'd be pretty cool <clears throat> autopilot landing no doubt yes space exploration is possible thanks to your ship your ship is almost like having another character or home, you can make all your own. I think you'll be blown away by the amount of stuff you can do. You can buy a ship. I'm sure you can find something you like. Customize and upgrade that ship. Oh, that's pretty cool. This is like... And hire uh, a crew to keep it up and running. Settlements and it all starts in, in spaceports. Um, Fallout, right? Every spaceport has a ship technician where you can purchase, sell, and modify ships. Anything I can help you with? Maybe you start off with a speedy mm. fighter that's perfect for bounty hunting. Then you might round out your ship roster with a hulking space freighter to run cargo missions, or even do a little smuggling. For now, wonder, though, we're going to take our... I wonder if the style of ship would be based on where you're purchasing these goods or these upgrades. So you stick to a certain faction of type, you end up obviously with this white, red, sort of like smooth rounders, and then you can go to somewhere else and then... Get a few extra bolt, extra different bolt-ons that are different style, but then you can really make a custom and unique ship. starting ship, the Frontier, and make some changes. You can customize and upgrade everything you see oh, here. Let's look at that modular. And you have two ways to do that. 
You can quickly upgrade individual systems like your weapons or shields, or you can deep dive and enter the shipbuilder mode. Here you can change anything from the systems to the look and layout. Adding a new habitat module can give you more room for crew. Adding cowling can change your ship's overall silhouette. An improved grav drive allows for longer distance space jumps. Oh, you can even cool. fully customize your paint job to get the exact look you want. That's nice. The parts you choose to build with don't just affect your ship's stats. They'll also affect what you can do inside your ship. You can have modules for crafting or for storing and displaying your weapons. Yeah. Starfield's yeah. in-game like ship manufacturers this looks really, really bring nice. their own look and feel to every piece of your ship. From living quarters to cargo holds, mess halls, and control rooms. See, what I disliked about settlements in Fallout was there's so many settlements to, to kind of build and to navigate. I think with the ship, it's kind of that one item one object that's yours and therefore it becomes a bit more personal over than doing like multiple settlements and just trying to build a defensive area and then move on to the next one and it's that continuous upgrade and building and moving forward this is really our nice. modified frontier is a practical ship but with a little creativity your ship can look like almost anything you want it's a bit odd but one of my favorite ways of customizing ships is um I make them look like animals. <laughs> the HMS platypus, as I called it, where it had a, like a giant tail to it. And we've done spiders, we've done mechs. So it's oh, what really whatever your imagination is. And while you can build your home among the stars the way you want to, you're probably not the only person yeah, who will call your ship fly. home. I love this modular lift thing. Off when you are, Captain. Crunchy, welcome, in, mate. It just ready. this shipbuilding thing looks amazing. I, by far the Captain. best thing, best feature of the game that I've come. Some of the so members far. of Constellation can join you on your journey. These companions can serve on your crew, and they'll always be there when you travel. We'll be traveling together until we either find an artifact or this lead runs dry. Each companion comes with their own valuable skills for your ships and outposts as well as unique quest lines. Eventually, some friendships might blossom into romance. I don't know that I've ever really loved anyone except you. And if you're looking for a little extra help on your ship, you can always hire additional crew I at Spaceports. I wonder how many you can Got hire. Got any room on your ship for someone like me? You'll also meet potential crew members out in the world. Still think there might be a spot for me on your ship? I gotta get off this rock. Assign crew to your ship or outposts, and their unique skills will affect yeah, how they run. Outposts as well. Interesting. And just like companions, most crew members can lend a hand in the field. Wonder how many take you can Fosco, take for out instance. Or is it just one at a time? He's designed around the, the core basics of a NASA machine. Please avoid getting shot. You might die. I still wanted to give it almost a humanoid personality, so I elongated the limbs. This tends to make him feel more human-like and give him a little personality. It is a shame. Exploration requires so much bloodshed. Using the shipbuilding tools and crew selection features in Starfield, oh, really going heavily on you'll be able to build and thing. captain the ship of your dreams. And now, let's take to the sky. 
Space combat. What's it all about? What is it going to be all about? We're going to have a... Like, you want to have a good fighting ship, not that, like, mech thing that they had for dogfighting. We're fighting. putting you in the cockpit of your very own spaceship and telling you that you can do pretty much anything. And that is really cool for us as developers. Spaceflight should be exciting and dangerous, and you should feel like you're in complete control every step of the way. Are you there? We've extended that sense of control to ship combat. It's not about just hitting your triggers to fire your weapons. I'm gonna have to dust off the old joypad and Boosting power to your engines will make your ship faster. And this is standard elite dangerous Powering practice. up the ground drives will shorten the amount of time it takes before you can make a jump. On the fly, get out of here. Oops. And moving your power to your weapons and shields means you're ready for a fight. You should always be on your toes because you're not alone out there. Mmm, uh, this is good. I like, oh, we can go into third person combat as well. In the ship. Unlocking the targeting control system skill will allow you to zero in on specific subsystems of the ship you target. We need to disable and then get on their ship. After or is it just going to blow up? Enemy ship, you can loot the remains from your cockpit. Oh. You can always turn any ship that engages you into scrap. Everything to scrap, but you can also take a more personal approach by docking with the enemy vessel and boarding their ship. Oh wow, that is so cool! So you get you take their ship. Once you've taken control of an enemy ship, it's yours. Add it to your fleet and retrieve it at any spaceport. Oh my god, can you break it down and then but take the parts and put it onto your main ship? way more than fighting for your life. Just like when you're planet side, there are plenty of sights to see and stops to make on the way to your next adventure. Like these massive star yards. I just want to say that could be a really fun element. I mean, surely ships are going to be one of the most expensive parts to this game. I can't imagine there's going to be anything more expensive than buying your own ship. So if you can take a ship, take it back, and then use that as your main ship or put it apart and then upgrade your own ship, it just makes space combat that much more daring because you don't want to blow up a ship that essentially could be used for parts. Walk the halls, talk to the crew, maybe get talked into buying a whole new ship. A civilian in my star yard. Let's see about getting you a proper ship, one worthy of you. Maybe you'll dock with a gigantic battleship, like the UC Vigilance. Oh, nice. Or rub elbows with the galaxy's wealthy elite on a cruise ship fit for the stars. There are plenty of personal encounters to be had as well. You can hail any ship you come across to trade, swap info, or maybe even commit an act of piracy. Let's Ooh. do this. 
When I'm playing, I generally go crazy. Um, I definitely go like the more piracy routes. Um, I want to take over ships. I'm going to board ships. I'm like, yes. this is now mine. I steal all the sandwiches and put them, you know, in my cargo hold that I have specifically for sandwiches. I don't want to play the hero, um, but I want to go out and just start taking things from people as quickly as possible. I'm a psycho. <laughs> Some traders might be looking for a little human connection in the darkness of space. Hello, stranger. I just finished cooking up some food. If you want to come on over, just pop on by. Some of the best moments are the ones you discover on your own. I'm, I'm still. I haven't. I haven't had the answer to this question. Is any of this? Um, is it all compete? Uh, randomly generated, or does everyone follow the same game? So you know, yeah. I'm a little concerned that the best thing to steal is sandwiches. Yeah, well, you know, each to their own. She might like sandwiches. The thing I love most about Starfield is that it is a Bethesda game through and through. It's really about going to strange new places, meeting interesting people, and getting sidetracked on zany adventures. Just then right, realizing two hours later right. that you're involved in a completely new story. You're human. We thought we were the only ones to leave Earth. That DNA is so present here. It's in our random encounters, it's in our handcrafted quests. And it feels so cool to play it. Random and just encounters, make your own path how random is it? There are over a thousand planets out there just waiting for you to visit. We want you to feel like explorers. How much the panic planets, can we explore every inch of a mostly untouched galaxy? We want you to feel hopeful. We want you to feel this sense of awe and wonder. And sometimes a little a thousand fear. planets. Yeah, but it, a thousand planets is a lot. A it must be too much. And just setting you free. Unless you just, you know what? I'm gonna take five years to play this game, explore it in my own time, and just, you know, like I feel the thing about something like something like when you play Skyrim is that you know the map, you know where you're going, right? And you know the. Um, you get a feel for the the terrain you don't get with space it's just kind of like a map and i found this really dangerous is that you kind of recognize the star system but all you're doing is recognizing the layouts of stars and suns and planets and it's it's just everything just gets lost into this you know into space and it just becomes quite blank and soulless so they've really got to work we've on shown that. you so much stuff but we thought we'd just take a little break and show you something a, a little bit different. You know, we put so much detail into our game worlds and we love the opportunity to bring that into the real world with our collector's editions. And for this game, uh, we've done a watch. It is the Constellation Explorer's Watch. Um, this is the watch that you actually get in the game that acts as part of your HUD where it's the compass and then Primary. environmental information. It connects to your phone to give you notifications and other information. And we've also designed this really cool case that it comes with, uh, Isvan. Yeah, we How really much took as much be? care and designed this case as we did to watch. Our attention to detail in the game totally translates to this. Inspired by the cases that the astronauts used during the Apollo era to bring back samples from the moon. It's got an intricate locking mechanism, authentic, heavy, comes with a constellation patch, NATO strap, and yeah, I think it's going to be believability of this something that would exist in the world in the Starfield universe. But how good oh, is the watch thing? this. You'll find it very useful out there, and it even tells the time. 
we time actually and space have something to else. which uh, planet you know we put the time. Xbox, we get to work with the amazing people on the Xbox hardware team, and together we have created this custom limited edition Starfield controller. It's awesome. It is now, you know, our favorite controller. We love this because it's inspired by the actual controls of your spaceship. It does look quite Not nice. Only that, I like the colors of the uh, the logo. created the first ever custom headset with Xbox, and this is a perfect pairing with that controller. And then you got to be a real fanboy to go for this. And the watch, yeah, it's kind of nice. If it's a well-made watch, though, you want to if you want to spend like money on it, you don't want to just do it because you want to be like in the game. You want to actually get a nice watch as well. heavily on the old uh, bye 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 you pay $200 for the watch uh, I reckon it'll be more than that the game's gonna be like what 70 quid 90 quid for like the full on and it's only single player in every one of our games, we always put so much care into all those little details that breathe life into our uh, world. I didn't tell how much it's going to be. But Starfield isn't just a Bethesda Game Studios world, it's a Bethesda Game Studios galaxy. So why go this big with Starfield? Because we want to give you freedom on a galactic level. Give you mods? The freedom mods? to experience both the exciting planets and the quiet ones. Scanning a planet before you land is a great way to get a sneak peek at the available resources you can use for crafting, I building, I wonder if, and if they're like the quiet planets are absolutely desolate, there's nothing on them, or there's like a hidden sort of ancient monolith or something that's just like... Customizing. Or a structure. I think like, what's cool about structure. this whole system that we, we generate the planet itself as a procedural content, but the handcrafted content itself comes as the player explore. Our system builds a planet as the player approaches it. We stitch together block of terrain. After that, we have the system that adds interesting locations for the player to explore, creatures to encounter. So it's also generated to pick up. It allows us to add that touch of environmental storytelling that Bethesda is known for. See, I don't know if I agree with this. I, I In one hand, it's nice to have a a random encounter that is unique to your gameplay and it makes the replayability of a game um, exciting in terms of like I'm going to a planet nobody's been here before but then on on the flip to that you have the fact that this can never be YouTubed this can never be like oh I, I found this really cool like planet you get some great gear loot you know this is where you need to go and I feel that that element of games brings everyone together in terms of like sharing content, sharing ideas and sharing sharing experiences that then people can then experience themselves. And you almost can't have that. Aggressive creatures have been disrupting our experiments. Their habitat isn't far from here. If you could take care of them for us, we would be in your debt. So even if your friends were to visit the same planet that you had, you would have a different story to tell. Mm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I, I, I... Maybe the whole gameplay experience is supposed to be different from replayability as well. 
bit too close. Oh, that's a cooldown. I'll be going around shooting the back of them. There's some good combat here. Fluid motion. I love the fact that you got an environment where you can it's shoot into as well. It's completely up to you how you want to interact with each planet. Whether you want to explore and see what you can find, harvest resources and be on your way. We're minecrafting. Or simply take in the views. Yeah, that is nice. Lots of with the help of your scanner, you'll chart the uncharted and discover exotic wildlife. So, I mean, No Man's Sky made a whole game if about doing this, so skills, it's very you can popular. Even figure out that certain creatures and plants. Build scanning. You can build an outpost and produce resources from those plants and animals. You can get experience and rewards for fully surveying planets and fully surveying a whole system. When we were concepting these creatures, we really wanted to think of them as natural to the environment. We didn't want alien monsters. We wanted native wildlife, something you've never seen before. So well, this is procedurally generated animals to procedurally generate When it generated comes to our exteriors, planets. when the sun moves, all that light is calculated in real time through the atmosphere. Oh, that's pretty nice. Our biggest goal for lighting with Starfield was to make the game feel more filmic, to use lighting and color to really make it feel more cinematic. Mm. Feels very No Man's Sky. Yeah, Stabs it does. I was just, I, I think there's a lot of crossover between, between that and it's almost like my fear that this game would be too barren like no man's sky i know no man's sky got a massive uh player base it's a massive player base but it's very popular but uh, obviously not the best launches but it's it's, it's like is it a more a space exploration game with like random similar encounters it's amazing after some exploring pictures. you can find a spot to set up a base camp outposts can be built almost anywhere on any planet and the habitat modules come in all shapes and sizes filling all different purposes okay, you can so even live in them. assign crew and companions to work at your outposts for added bonuses and set up extractors to harvest resources while you're away something cool we have this time is we have a new fly cam where you can toggle between on-foot building, or you can now use a top-down isometric camera, which helps plan out larger parts of the outpost and placing those larger cool. halves. So that way you can really plan your structures and what the overall feel of your outpost is. And then when you're on your feet, you can- No really Man's Sky meets Satisfactory. I did not enjoy Satisfactory. Easier. I really struggled to get my head around that game. I did give it a lot of time. And I guess it's one of those games that I felt, I didn't know what I was going into. I kind of played it wrong, maybe. I wanted more an FPS than a sort of like simulation game. Satisfactory is so good. Uh, yeah, I think if you, if I went into playing thinking it was the wrong game, basically, which is my Add fault. Add crafting and research stations in your outpost to utilize any resources you find or already have. I don't think I understood it properly. I thought it was like Mod build a base, don't explore, but it's not, it's just build a factory. Different weapon sites and scopes, larger magazines, a selection of grips and barrels, different ammunition like explosive rounds. I've really gone heavily in the customization of every part of this game by the looks of it, from whether it's your ships, to your outposts, to your settlements, to your weapons, to your armor. I mean, just everything is just, it's a little All bit like the, what they promised in Cyberpunk. Instead of that 
You can also choose to go hands-on with melee weapons. Nice, good old melee weapons. That's what I want. I think it's always this a delicate balance between like step what's step realistic, step what's sim, and what's bash, Hollywood. Bash, bash. And I think we sort of err on the side of like what's fun for the player. With Starfield, uh, nice. we completely overhauled our combat. It's more dynamic. The animations are more fluid. A lot of promise like that man's guy. It just feels yeah. Great. We probably have more mods and more but weapons in this game than you got to remember No Man's Sky was from like a, a small studio, whereas Bethesda's pretty big, been developed for a long time. They haven't promised the unpromisable with the multiplayer side of things and going to the same planets. It's kind of, it is almost, they've, they know what they're good at and they've stuck to it and they're sticking with it. The only thing I think they should do with this game is mods. I think mods has kept Skyrim alive and if they bring that in as well... <laughs> I want to say More any other game we've done before. There's a lot of variety. Yeah. Upgraded gear is just one of the many factors to pay attention to when engaging in combat. You may need to switch things up based on your environment. I mean, the thing about mods, right? It's it's mods do for single player games what um, people do for multiplayer games. Like what makes a multiplayer game replayable is by playing with different people. If you've got a single player game that doesn't have mods, once you played it, it goes, that's it, it's done. Uh, whereas if you add mods to single player games, then literally you can just keep playing the same game. And, and I say Skyrim is like the testament to this massively. Um, with multiplayer games, obviously MMOs are very, we all have our MMOs, uh, playing the same stuff, but we're playing with a friend, it makes a different thing. And I think this is what single player games have to do the mods. Gravity is huge. different for each planet, and boost packs are excellent for getting around. Yeah, I think boost and packs is going to be a must, right? In combat. There's a lot of flying around. Sometimes you'll even feel like you're flying. <laughs> zero gravity environments pose a different challenge. Firing a ballistic weapon in zero G will actually push you backwards. Oh, that's pretty good. Energy weapons, on the other hand, offer a more stable shooting experience. We also have mag weapons. These are high-powered electromagnetic induction ballistic arrays. Each barrel has its own targeting laser and can dish out some serious damage. Thanks. Sounds like a bit cheaty, that weapon. It's getting melted. you want to get up close and personal with your own two fists. Yes. <laughs> or you like more compact weapons like pistols and submachine guns. Maybe you prefer something bigger. Bigger? Oh yeah, bigger than this. Starfield's got you covered. I mean, it's just typical array of weapons, right? Pistols, RPGs, miniguns, fist weapons, sniper rifles, pulse rifles, LMGs, SMGs. Can I link the video? Okay. Oh, machine pistol. Oh! Quick weapon slot. I've got a feeling all this is going to be on Xbox as well, you know. Because it just feels a bit... 
there's no 860 FPS here, it's 30 FPS. And I think they're saying the Xbox release is going to be 30. So they can see the graphics high. Oh, that guy got launched up so high. What the hell? Magic. Why can't again stop there? For being with us today. We are just put his so hand out and everyone like floating from the air. The time and spent it here. Better be a sword. Oh yeah, yeah There's definitely. a lot to the game, even more than we could show here. You know, as we play it, we're always sharing these unique and special moments that only a game like this can bring. When I think about what makes it special, it really is the people here. Shouts. This yeah, game is a shouts. reflection of the incredible and passionate team that Gotta made it. Gotta have a bit of magic in there. All of them putting something special of themselves into it. So let's hear some of their favorite moments. I love the way that our final combination of all the new tech has come together to create some of the most beautiful sunsets and sunrises we've ever had in any of our games. Yeah, they look cool. I love the creatures, the exploration, every biome is different. The word that comes to mind is vast. I like to use our photo mode to take rock star photos. I enjoyed I the photo mode in Fallout. It was great for YouTube videos. And, wow, I can't believe that there's more here. I'm most excited about our outpost building systems. My favorite part is every time you step out on a planet, everyone it's will have a, a starfield background by the end of the year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You spent all this time building your this ship. This looks great. The ship building thing looks amazing. Absolutely amazing. Gigantic. It's the kind of thing that you just can't get anywhere else. Love it. There's something about seeing a tower over in the distance and going, I know the gravity's low here. I think I can make that jump. My favorite part is biomes, spaceships, audio design, planets, the day-night cycle. Those details matter to me. Diplomacy, exploration, freedom, the ending. Vesca, obviously. I love the robot so much. The incredible amount of worlds we created. Sniper rifles, come on. Lever action, rocket launcher, brain sprout. Brain sprout? What the hell? I laugh, but some people might find creepy. I don't know. I know it's right, Ben. I love food the multiplayer more than the song does in eight years. Yeah. It's the freedom to be who you want to be, do what you want to do. It's what you've come to expect from a Bethesda title, but on a much bigger scale. It looks very empty in these big screenshots that you do. Like, it's on behalf of not all much. of us, we can't wait for you to play Starfield. And make your own special moments. Spaceships, space battle looks nice. Um, the combat is same, same FPS. of September. Yeah, um, pre-order and get the deep mining helmet pack. Nice. And five days early access. Okay, that was fun. I enjoyed that. 69 gigs. <laughs> um, that was good. I enjoyed that. It was, it was a fun uh, deep dive. I, there's, as I said, the ship combat and the ship uh building looks amazing um i hope hopefully it's going to be very um not as 
I wanted to say uh, not as kind of like impactful as settlements. Settlements and settlers in settlements in Fallout were fun, but they became very repetitive and very micromanaging. There's obviously settlements in this one, um, but there's a ship as well. I think the ship for me is going to be looks like that looks like a lot of fun. Um, Misty, hello, mate. Hey, welcome in, dude. Thank you for the uh, the twenty biddies. Um, multiplayer. I don't think they'll do multiplayer on this. I think they'll probably break the game. I think they whether they could add a combat, uh, sorry, a co-op mode to it where you could play play with two people. I think that would be good. Um, but I, I think all in all, it'd probably just be a game where it's modded. The fact that you don't have um, it's it's like an auto-generated planets. I think that might be take a lot away from the uh, the star systems. I think look, I think as a streamer, you like to oh, sorry, I was, as watching a streamer, you would like to um, go go somewhere where you've watched someone else go right and get the same item and get the same experience but play with it differently. Having it been completely auto-generated, I feel I feel. Um, might take away from the game a little bit unless there's certain planets that are generated and others aren't um they made they made elden ring multiplayer after about a month so you what you're thinking that they might bring uh, multiplayer to this i mean it's the same thing as like uh um cyberpunk i think i feel that cyberpunk would be a game that would benefit so nicely with with multiplayer there's so much you could do with it a bit like the uh, gta multiplayer and whether they could do a similar sort of thing with this with your companions but i i, I just feel it, it will turn this game to be so different there's so much different ways of doing it a lot of different ways but this it's, it looks like it'd be a lot much more complicated to turn it into a multiplayer game unlike cyberpunk which is the one city nothing's auto-generated they've got certain areas with certain spawn rates and stuff um gotta wait and see once everyone starts playing to see if it actually random generates uh no man's guy said the same thing but it definitely doesn't feel that way they did say they said in this they said there was a segment in this um presentation where they said that if your friend goes to the same planet as you have they will have a completely different experience there'll be different things around so i think the planets will be the same but what's we land it brings in certain components like there'll be like a an outpost module that will drop into a certain area and there'll be like a, a cave module that will drop in and then you get to explore that and that won't be in the same place for you that it will be for somebody else um and and that for me is it kind of like well how do i make a guide and how to find this cool like like 10x damage weapon that you get from the loot cave you can't because it's only for you um and I think people like to have that similar consistency. I think that's one thing that will be. Um, it's a sh it's kind of. I don't know. A bit of a shame about that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. It's until you see it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm a, I'm on the fence about this game. I think obviously we'll get it. Obviously we'll play it. Um, but then whether it's kind of ends up being more no man's sky or skyrim on crack you don't you don't know skyrim is like that a bit with the multiplayer add-on a lot of the stuff is there for some not for others but the thing is that with that you're playing in the same world as them and that depends on where they are in different parts of the storyline 
Whereas if you join the right at the right time, generally everything is there together, which makes it nice. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Uh, I was actually, I mean, the podcast tonight, I wanted to talk about mods, AI and auto generation. Is, the, is it the future of gaming? Because I kind of feel like this, um, was it, is it procedural generated content where they uh, basically have a map and then you go into one dungeon and they just kind of like add elements to it uh and and you know it, you know it's it's kind of like you create an experience i guess we are talking about it already um it's it's uh unless unless they had like this area is going to be procedurally generated the following area will not be pre you know it will be are like static and the same for everybody uh maybe they probably do i have to do that with the story motion i guess maybe um but i definitely mods i think mods is is key to um to keep to the longevity of games 100 and, and, and stabs like you i do i wish i wish the game goes well i think you know games like this where they push boundaries not too far but enough to kind of make it new and different are important for gaming because the last thing we need is to have the same uh game coming out every year call of duty uh you know uh or or the same sort of like expansion um eso whatever that's just like it's the same stuff different same 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 it's just like oh we look we want to progress and move forward i know it's developers take risks by doing new things and they get shot down quite a bit especially the smaller studios they get all the smaller studios they see the light of day but um yeah, I think it's it's gonna be good. It's got, it's got a lot of hype going around it anyway, that's for sure. Um so yeah. Oh, I, I kind of feel like uh that's a that's a good little uh oh, good little thing. It's not too far out, it's what two uh what's that three months? Two 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 months, two months away now. So not too far at all. Um until it's just gonna be like round with people playing it, I guess. Um but it'll be fun. Uh, I kind of feel that's. <laughs> I kind of feel that's like there's nothing more to. T- well, I'm moving on to talking about the other things. I was going to talk about Twitch and Kick and stuff like that, but more like gaming news um, tonight. But I kind of feel that we've uh, we've had a good session on that. Uh, ESO will be very slow when that game releases. Uh, yeah, I think ESO is slowly. I don't know. And people people say, well, you get the fanboys, and the fangirls that love ESO, and I get that. But I kind of feel ESO is. Um, it's always people play ESO waiting for another game to come out. That's sometimes how I feel. And I think having stopped ESO, and in fact, I've personally, I've actually stopped playing games as much as I used to. I I, um, I only get like a few nights a week to kind of chill and play. Uh, I've been doing a bit of Diablo, but it's very late. Normally I play like at this time till maybe like 12. So I get like an hour in the evening. And that's it. I've become a very like casual dad gamer now. I'm sorry to full on creative mode gamer. Um so it's kind of it's it's quite a nice actually. I kind of feel like more more um, being the more casual opposed to the hardcore. I don't I don't tire out and burn out from games. I think ESO was a real burnout for me um, and and frustration. And then I did when I moved over to Ultima Online for a bit and did builds and stuff like that. I kind of really heavily involved in like understanding the mechanics. And then it's just like, what am I doing? All I'm doing is replacing ESO for Ultima Online. And now I'm just a bit more chill. So um, moving on to the uh, the, the 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 mini announcement for the um for the uh for this stream is that i want to do a second stream a week where we just play games or or play a game uh and 
I'm just going to play, just play new games and, you know, have a little experiment. Because I've just missed out on, like, years of playing ESA. I've missed out on so many cool releases and stuff like that. Um, ESA has ruined my ability to pay attention to lore in other games. Or just because there's too much lore. Or you just, like, quick scroll. I was never one, like, in, in many RPGs, I'm never one for actually sitting down and listening to the backstory. And some games are important to listen to the backstory, but... I'm always about, oh, if I can get the stats and I can get this, I can level this up. Because I've played, basically been brought up on stat-based games like Ultimate Online, Diablo, um, and, and you know, those, those dungeon crawler games that basically are just a spreadsheet. Um, whereas sometimes it's just maybe just to sit back and go, you know what, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to take this and listen and not be like, I need to get the next weapon so I can like do more damage um and it, i guess i and i guess the thing with the essay is there's so much storyline there's so much content and storyline to do um and then but there's so different ways to play it that like different characters you play you do you kind of cross over doing the same storyline and then you're repeating it and like, oh, i need to fast travel for this and toward towards the point at the end where you just want to like level your character up and just kind of go into doing end game content and it's just like yeah you you, you miss out on so much good dialogue and good stuff so i think maybe you know coming to starfield is do I just just take the chill and just enjoy the playthrough, listen to the storyline, listen to the dialogues and just kind of, you know, and then just go off and do some space combat? I don't know. We'll see. So, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good one, though. I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's it's about time we get the next sort of like Skyrim. I wonder how many versions of uh, Starfield they can bring out uh, on over the next decade or, or two decades. We'll have to... Um, We'll have to wait and see for sure. Um, so yeah, what games are you looking forward to playing on your second stream? Um, so, uh, what I thought I would do on the second stream is play a game because the, the whole point of this podcast was always to do like a a gaming segment of a new game that would come out, and I found that if I'm going to play a new game. I'll need to get content and then it's like, I say content, I need to record it. I want to play it. So it's like, well, why don't I do that on stream where we can play it together? And, you know, I was, I was talking to Sawman about joining his when he does his. I know he did Battlebit, which I've had Battlebit on my radar for the last few weeks. and I've just not had time to play it. Um, and, you know, just going through and touching on like new games. So it's just like anything, anything new or anything old, or anything like, it doesn't have to be every week. Maybe like I would do an old game or do a mod, uh, you know a, a mod and have a little play around but just to kind of like i, I my my time is very limited uh, at the moment in terms of evenings and uh, weekends um family doing jobs and stuff like that but I, I do get this kind of like late late night 9 30 10 o'clock onwards where i can do like a couple of hours um in the evenings and i kind of want to make sure that i can keep my uploads on youtube starting to go um, as well as kind of like just I don't want to go too crazy because I know what will happen I'm I love streaming and I love what's it going I'm like oh everything comes and piles onto the streams I want to make sure I kind of like separate it and just do like two a week make it small um, you know for an hour and a half two hours uh, and just kind of like give everybody my 100% undivided attention um, as opposed to getting like into the into the sort of like five or six hour streams where you're just like grinding content for the sake of like getting like game content for getting gear and stuff like that. It's like I want to make it entertaining and make it fun. So um, the only problem I have is that the room I'm in now, the neighbor's bedroom is there behind that wall, um, which 
isn't ideal and eventually my office will be underneath us which be underneath the garage which is in the garage so I can soundproof that but I have no idea how soundproof this room is at the moment and I don't want to kind of like be screaming and shouting at like you know 12 o'clock at night uh, and disturbing them they're, they're lovely lovely people I don't want to upset them um, there's only there's only three houses in our little area that we live in um, so we obviously want to stay friendly um, so I'm going to have to you know try and dial it down a little bit for the time being but as over time as we get better I mean I do have the option maybe of putting a studio out into the garden but I'd rather be in the main house streaming uh, than have to like you know move out into one of the outbuildings um so yeah I kind of feel that this the second stream just quite chill I'm I looking at they do um like maybe do some of the crowd control games I was going to do the stream on Twitch on, on YouTube but I've decided to actually keep it on Twitch keep Twitch for doing because it allows me to be a bit more flexible on the streams and then upload this directly to YouTube and have a, a YouTube VOD out of this stream um and then the uh the second stream that we'll do uh, the gameplay with that we form the uh, the video so it's it's just I'm just trying to optimize my time um, so I'm very open to taking second games uh, or, or games for the second stream if people want to chill or recommend stuff like that I'm very open to that um, so uh, yeah we'll have to see how things go on that um, uh, with I guess moving on to the streaming side of things I was going to talk about the uh, the twitch and kick kick platform and then if you guys have heard about kick as a platform um again these little these rival stream platforms come up uh into the uh into the ether uh i know um mixer was one that got wiped out by microsoft and then there was um uh trove live d live came out um and i think i don't know i'm the story of the week uh last week about this was xqc got i think as as like a hundred a hundred was a hundred million to go and stream over at kick exclusively and was it a hundred i don't know what it is i want to say a hundred million that seems a bit much i don't know the upset numbers i don't know i remember the number was big and i think uh poker main was like uh, I would never go there because it's a gambling-based platform. 100 million two-year non-exclusive deal. Thank you, Stabs. Um, which, I mean, take the money and run, right? I mean, at the end of the day. Um, so you can still stream on Twitch, which he does. Oh, what? Non-exclusive deal. That's insane. Why would they do that? Uh, but then... I mean, the, 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 whole, the whole thing without doing a new platform, um, uh, the whole thing about a company building a new platform like kick is i guess either to take the followers from one platform to the other which is very unlikely or that they believe that there is a um a product that they will have on kick that won't be on twitch and i know kick is founded by a or backed by a gambling site so unless unless kick are going to implement a um a gambling based thing makes a sign that exclusive deals and failed right yeah i suppose so um but you see i guess the, the thing about signing the exclusive deals is um it will demoralize the streamer when they're not getting the same numbers as they had on 
the other platform. And the I think in some respects, I kind of feel that the the uh, the companies get it wrong because they want to encourage the viewers going over and they're going to, well, we'll get the viewers over by getting the streamers over. But you need to encourage the viewers. You need to give the viewers something more than they're going to get on another platform because um, they'll just move off to somebody else. You want to be able to give them something that Twitch doesn't give them. And I kind of feel the moment. Um, this is the re- one of the reasons why I decided to stay on Twitch is that I think Twitch's tools for interaction with um, with with uh, the community and your viewers is so much greater than, say, YouTube. YouTube's still well behind. They've got a super chat. But there's so many features. Uh, Twitch is feature-rich for the for the viewer as well as the streamer um youtube is has its own dynamic in terms of content about being able to preload the stream to have a better quality stream um and stuff like that but i don't know what kick ha- uh, kick has uh, apart from this gambling handle which i think maybe the gambling the gambling thing might be what uh, the, the hook is is that say right we're playing this game if you guys want to you know um bet on the game i know you can bet with channel points and twitch but there's this gambling policy so if they're relying heavily on that to actually pull people over from and maybe they're using the fact that he's and this is gonna be quite clever actually maybe they're using the fact that it's non-exclusive is that um if he has features on the kick stream that can only be accessed obviously on kick and not on um on Twitch, then people will naturally go over to Kick, and it allows him to multi-stream. But then Twitch will have to take him off affiliate, right? Uh, because Twitch is not going to allow him to be a partner and also stream on Kick. So his status is going to go right the way down. On, on um, he's not going to even be affiliate. He won't be able to get an affiliate deal. Um. Uh, the original reasons, because I believe uh, Twitch was banning most gambling. Yeah, so Twitch gamble, uh, ba- banned gambling, uh, and then Kit came out of the ashes from that, which, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess is you know, if if gambling becomes a uh, a good mechanic for uh, viewers to kind of get involved in. Not that I'm a big fan of gambling, but you know, you could. There's there's ways to allow that sort of behavior on your platform, behavior that sort of mechanic on your platform, and making it engaging to the viewer so that the viewer feels more involved. I mean, effectively, you're giving a giving a streamer money, so why not give them money and have a little bit of a chance to make a bet at the same time? If you give someone like five quid or five five pounds donation, maybe put the five pounds and and then you get a chance to gamble and get some you know get some money back i don't know it's it could encourage more more for the streamer and more for um the the viewer for a bit of fun i i think you know it's it's an interesting thing i, I think the biggest problem is for people that are like oh i'm just starting streaming do i go for kick go for twitch and trying to build an audience on a new platform like kick if kick fails like mixer then you'll lose the uh the uh the community that you've built up and i'm the world's greatest expert about losing communities and trying to rebuild them up again uh as uh as some of you guys know through my uh youtube and then moving over to twitch and then moving back to youtube and twitch and not going sure where i'm going and what i'm doing 
Um, and I kind of feel that it's all about consistency. And if you already are streaming on Twitch, and to say that Twitch is a very difficult platform to be discovered, it is, but you've got to work at your content. You know, you, you can't go somewhere thinking there's not many people on there, so I can still do what I'm doing. And I, I've, I've, what I'm doing with this podcast and the stream is that I'm starting, I've decided to press the reset button on my streams. I'm just starting to just put everything in layers. And every week I'm just trying to add a new feature. And I'm not trying to rush it. I'm not trying to go full on, you know, this week, for example, I have added alerts on uh, Misty when he dropped that lovely 20 bits. Um, I've got an alert on my stream. So, you know, I didn't have that last week and um, I've got chat on my stream now. So that's another thing that I'm adding. So and then next week I'll add something else. And there's always something that I'm adding to the stream. Um, uh, and it just takes time. So if you are on Twitch and then you think, oh, should I go to should I go to kicks so i might get more discoverability i don't know if it's like the right choice i think you want to go for what the features of that platform offer and if it's the gambling side of things you feel that could be a benefit to where you want to do your stream then do it uh, if you're getting paid to do it you know for two years then why the hell not you know go for it um but you know it's uh yeah see, see how it goes i mean it could be the fact that kick destroys twitch uh, and everyone moves across and twitch dies but I, I don't think, I think Twitch has got such a solid community. And it's one of the hardest things for me to, was always to pull away from Twitch was just how the people in Twitch or the communities in Twitch, Twitch that you jump into are just so much, so difficult to pull away from. Um, and they're all interlinked and everybody knows each other. It's quite a small platform and it's just, you know, but there's enough people going around to make it a good thing. Anyway, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. But it's uh, interesting though. 100, 100 million for two year non-exclusive deal. I wonder what the. I wonder how is how is viewer base going to react to that. Um, very interesting. All right, uh, eleven o'clock. It's an hour and a half up. I think that's going to be it for me tonight. I will see you guys on. Uh, should we do Thursday? I think I'm going to do Thursday nights. Friday nights are always a bit difficult because I go away for the weekend. So for the uh, for the gaming stream, I'm going to do Thursday, probably about half nine, ten. I'm going to pick a game. Um, I, I think I wouldn't mind trying Battle Bit um, to have a little crack at it. I wouldn't mind doing a Barbarian Bash build on Diablo 4, though. And that kind of like does... I just, I don't know, I haven't done it yet. And it's there, you can bash on Barbarian. I kind of feel I could start a new character and do that for a bit of fun. Um, we'll see but uh, yeah thanks for hanging out everybody thanks for watching if you're watching this on the podcast on YouTube thank you for watching all the way to the end don't forget to like subscribe um, and all that sort of jazz and thanks for just um, yeah putting out the content I hope you guys enjoyed it I hope you guys enjoyed the Starfield stream it wasn't too kind of like um, video game orientated or visual orientated if you are watching it or listening to this as an audio feed and uh, I'll see you um, next week on Tuesday at 9.30 GMT over on twitch.tv slash fragmansoul. Um, good night, chat. Thanks very much for hanging out, uh, especially you, Stabs. And I'll see you in the uh, the next one. Take it easy, guys. Bye for now. Bye-bye.